0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, and thank you for listening to Roadshow, a transport topics podcast that brings you insights from the major industry events that are helping to shape the future of trucking. In this episode, we're taking you to Orlando for the 2022 annual meeting of ATA's Technology and Maintenance Council. One of the major themes at that conference was the maintenance and repair of the electric-powered commercial vehicles that are just beginning to enter the market. To learn more about that topic, we sat down with the CEO of Emerit Fleet Solutions to discuss EV maintenance, along with broader maintenance trends in the transportation industry. Let's play that interview now. We're here on the show floor at TMC's 2022 annual meeting in Orlando, and I'm very excited to speak with Dan Williams, CEO of Emerit Fleet Solutions, a company that manages vehicle maintenance and repair programs for fleets across the country. Thanks so much for joining us, Dan.
2: Thanks, Seth. Glad to be here.
1: So I want to discuss how you're supporting the rollout of electric powered trucks. Uh, But first, I'd like to start with a a company overview. So Amerit provides vehicle maintenance programs for fleets operating vehicles, really ranging from cargo vans up to class eight trucks and trailers, so really the whole gamut of uh, uh, fleet equipment that's out there. Uh, But for listeners who might not be familiar with your company, just tell us a little bit more about your business model and the type of work you do for your customers.
2: Yeah, sure. So first of all, I'll say our sole focus is on fleet maintenance and maintenance programs. And and even more specifically, our focus is on really large fleets that have lots of assets in lots of different places. So we've got about over 1,500 technicians that are all our W-2 employees. And then we have a network of vendors that we work with when our techs aren't able to touch the assets. Uh, We we work on all types of assets. So everything from light duty cargo vans straight on through to class 8 tractor trailer and pretty much everything in between. And a lot of our work is done on customer premises. So mobile maintenance is a very significant part of what we do. Sure.
1: And really, these are for customers that don't want to handle all of their maintenance needs in-house. They want some support. You know, obviously, it's difficult right now to recruit technicians. And you, know, you are um, you know, their support network for their vehicles. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. So so typically, when we work with a customer, they will hand over the fleet list at a location or, or even nationwide, and we will handle all of the maintenance needs for those for those assets. So we track the preventive maintenance schedules. We're deciding what repairs need to be done. Oftentimes our customers will put Different controls or approval levels in place, but we're—it's really full outsourcing. We're really the ones managing the fleet. Sure. And here at TMC, Emerit really
1: shared some news that I think ties in with one of the big themes we've seen at this conference, which of course is uh, maintenance for electric vehicles. Right? We've seen you know the early days, you know the early emergence of these vehicles in our industry, uh, really in you know all these vehicle types, uh, but it's still early days. And the question is, how are companies going to maintain these vehicles? And uh, at Emerit, you're starting to answer that. Uh, you just announced that you've partnered with uh, several electric vehicle manufacturers to introduce your EV Anywhere service program and your EV Ready technician training program. So, just give us a quick overview of those initiatives and and what are you, you what are you doing with these uh, uh, you know these programs as you roll them out?
2: Yeah, sure. So the The unique thing about Emerit is that by the nature of the companies that we work with, the fleets that we work with, those fleets are going to be the early adopters of EV. In fact, some of our customers are already taking possessions of of EV assets, and we're maintaining a small number of them today. So we know this is coming, and what we're seeing is that it's coming at a faster pace than, than we originally expected. And so we want to make sure that we're ready for our customers and be able to support them. One of the early challenges I think that that our customers are going to face is as they begin to adopt these units, they're gonna have a small number of units at a lot of different places. And so that poses a challenge for our customers on how to to maintain these assets reliably and cost-effectively. And so this is where we're really wanting to leverage our footprint. So again, we've got over 1,500 technicians. We're in every major market today. We've got scale in all of these major markets. And so our intent is to be able to get our technicians trained so that we can support these assets anywhere in the country, hence EV Anywhere. The other part of that is is we have very strong relationships with our customers we try to act as advisors not just on maintenance programs but in all parts of their fleet and we want to do that for EV so the the EV anywhere part of the program is we want to be in the boardroom and helping them think through early adoption and think through things that are outside of the maintenance program OEM specifications charging training etc and those types of
1: consulting services are, are really necessary for EV because it's so different from you know what we're used to with uh, diesel and gasoline powered vehicles you have to think about all these things like uh, you mentioned, infrastructure, charging, you have to manage how and when you charge the vehicles. There's so many pieces that are really a, a whole new world for, for fleet customers, and you want to be there to help as a, a decision maker, uh, or at least a decision support
2: for your customers as they f- try to figure this all out. Yeah, you got it. We should put you on our sales team. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, what, what we're finding is that all of these fleets are asking the same questions. They're all facing the same challenges. And so we feel that we want to, we want to facilitate in industry best practices and sharing. And so our idea is we're going to bring our customers into a room and they will tell us, hey, we really want to understand charging com- complexities. We want to understand grants. And we're going to bring the experts together so that we can try to answer questions together.
1: And you know, I think it goes uh, without saying that battery electric vehicles are a, a very different animal from the diesel-powered trucks that really dominate the industry today. Uh, So just how much training does it take for a diesel technician to become EV certified? And what are the biggest challenges that come with working on EVs?
2: Yeah, sure. So... First and foremost, the thing that we think about is safety. Safety is first always. And there are some unique safety challenges when working with EV assets. They're, you know, it is possible to die and we want to make sure that nobody does that. So the base level training is all around understanding EV units, understanding the differences around EV units, but also making sure they understand the safety practices that they need to put in place to stay safe. So that that sort of entry level, uh, uh, we call that level one training. That entry level training is, you know, a day or two of, of training, it's not a lot. Level two, then, is when we start to, to one, have a merit-specific programs where we start to increase the level of knowledge around EV assets, but also, and more importantly, when we start to bring in OE-specific training. So we're working with a lot of the OEMs today. We're helping refine their training programs and learning from them and they learning from us. We're trying to make sure that we've got the programs in place that we can get that OE-specific training. So that, that's level two. And that, that can be days to weeks of training and then of course there's going to be a level three which is going to be a, a lot more advanced uh, electronics a lot more advanced training we don't by any means anticipate that all of our techs would have that level it'll be more interspersed through the country and that will absolutely be working heavily with the oems to make sure that we're, we're developing this
1: and you're obviously you know partnering directly with the oems on this uh, effort and uh, certainly sounds like the oems uh, See that they could, you know, use the support as well. I mean, they're they're rolling out these vehicles. They want to make sure that their customers are going to have the support they need to, to operate them and, and handle all the maintenance needs.
2: Yeah, I, I think that OEMs recognize that maintenance is one of the many things that that a fleet owner is considering when deciding whether to not to adopt electric units, and so they they want to make those maintenance decisions as easy as possible, and they want to make those concerns go away. And so we we think we have a role to play in that, that if we can work with the OEMs, we can have our technicians trained and ready to support their assets. That's one less thing a fleet owner needs to think about. Sure.
1: And, you know, there's generally optimism in the industry that electric vehicles, you know, could actually offer some maintenance benefits and advantages uh, because they have far fewer moving parts than uh, the the diesel trucks that are out in the road today. And, uh, you know, of course, they involve uh, pretty sophisticated after-treatment systems that tend to be a maintenance headache uh, all that's gone with an EV Uh, so just from what you've seen so far, I know it's early days, but do you get the sense that EVs, uh, in some respects, are going to be easier to maintain and repair uh, than uh, diesel models? We
2: do. I, I think it's, uh, it's still early days. And I think we haven't seen, obviously, uh, these, the adoption of these units at scale in an actual commercial practice. And so I think really understanding the maintenance needs is something that the entire industry is still waiting to learn. But I think that we agree, as, as do most people, that the maintenance needs is going to be less than you've got an nice ISAS.
1: Sure. Uh, it'll be very interesting to watch that over time as the as the volumes scale up and we start to see more and more, you know, millions of miles on the road, and then we'll have a more definitive answer to that. Uh, but it sounds like the early returns are are good uh, for for EV. Now, of course, uh, Amerit Fleet Solutions isn't just repairing electric vehicles. Um, you're actually planning to incorporate them into your own fleet. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, here at TMC, you're exhibiting a fully electric mobile service center. You know, these are essentially you know garage on wheels. Uh, that your technicians can use uh, out on the uh, you know, in the field to perform maintenance on, you know, various assets. You know, not just uh, EVs, but also you know, internal combustion engine vehicles. Uh, just tell us about the the capabilities of the uh, the this electric mobile service center that you're showing here, and uh, when will we start to see these in action?
2: Yeah, well, we're super excited about this. So the Evolution is what we've branded the electric mobile unit. Uh, we've got it on on uh, display here at the show. Uh, so so first and foremost, we wanted. Uh, uh, a unit that would be able to work in our current environment, in a nice environment supporting assets that we do today. And so that is a fully functional mobile unit. That one in particular is not going to go on the road. It's the show pony that we'll take to shows. But just units just like that will be taking possession of that this year, and we will begin using them in the field this year. And that unit can do everything that a combustion engine can do. In addition to that, we've got some EV-specific functionality. Think about the ability to to recharge a unit that that, uh, is down, for example. We've added that functionality to the mobile unit as well. But but first and foremost, we just wanted something that would work in our current day-to-day application, and that's what we've delivered. From time to time, an issue
1: commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Well, I think it's pretty interesting to think about uh, some of those, you know, potential rescue missions for an electric vehicle that, you know, runs out of charge. You know, if you run out of gas today, well, you maybe bring, bring gas, right? You know, but, uh, it doesn't work that way for, for an electric vehicle. So, uh, you know,
2: how, how exactly does that work? Well, the, how exactly that it works are probably guys that are much more technically smart than I am. But, but I think generally speaking, the idea is that if the, if the unit is down on the road, then we're going to bring our mobile unit, we'll be able to get back up on the road.
1: Yeah. Just enough juice to get to a, a charging station. Yep. And, you know, given your company's investments in electric vehicle maintenance, you know, it seems you're really quite bullish on the prospects for, uh, commercial vehicle electrification. So just how quickly do you envision fleet operators adopting these vehicles in the coming years? I know that's a big question that many of us here are are asking.
2: It is a big question. I said that, and I I think, as I said, that that Emerit is in a unique position in this regard because we tend to work with very large fleets that are going to be adopting these units sooner rather than later. As I said, they're already starting to adopt them now. So we think, especially in the light, maybe in the upwards of the medium duty space, this is coming and it's coming quickly. Uh, so we, we have projections that show pretty significant ramps over the next couple of years. And I think if you think about a five to 10-year cycle, I think that you're going to see a majority of those assets are going to move towards electric. I think on the heavy-duty side, there's some more questions there around really how is this going to work and when is it going to be viable. And I think that we're probably still a couple years away. But on the light-duty side, it's, it's here now and it's coming fast. And, of course, you are looking really across the country, uh, you know, a, a national
1: network uh, for uh, EV maintenance. How do you see the market development? Developing. Do you see, you know, certain, you know, hot spots or do you see, you know, places uh, really across the country?
2: Yeah, sure. So I think right now there's there's federal money and there's grant money available and that's that's driving a lot of the specific adoption. So it's in some of the states that you'd be expecting, California, for example. So I think that's where we're going to see the adoption in the early days and where we're seeing it now. But I think that's definitely going to spread through the country as, as more and more of these units come in place.
1: Now, I've been attending, uh, you know, this meeting, the TMC meeting, uh, just about every year for Almost a decade, and you know, as long as I've been going, you know, the technician shortage has been, you know, just this ever-present topic. You know, it never goes away. In fact, it uh, tends to get worse, especially now with labor shortages uh, really across uh, most of the economy. And uh, of course, Emerit has a massive network of technicians um, yourself across the country. And I'm curious to hear, you know, from your perspective, how you've been able to recruit and, and retain technicians. And uh, you know, as a follow-up to that, are you finding that more fleets are outsourcing vehicle maintenance because of this? Because it's hard to uh, to recruit and retain technicians that they're more willing and more interested in opportunities to hand that off to experts outside of their own company?
2: Absolutely, we are. So. I mean, you've got a situation where you've got something that was hard for forever, and in the last 12 months it's just becoming even harder. Uh, The technician shortage is real. The the investments that you need to make to both recruit technicians but also retain technicians is real and getting higher, and it's it's becoming harder. So as 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 we see that, What we're experiencing is that there's been a lot of fleets that maybe don't perceive maintenance to be a core competence, and they've been on the fence about whether or not to move to outsourcing. And the challenges that we're all facing in the last 12 to 18 months have pushed them over the fence. And so we are seeing new customers today coming that have decided they want to begin to outsource. You know, how how we do it, I, I'd i love to say that we've got a silver bullet. There, there really isn't one that exists. Uh, but I will say that I think it's logical that if you focus on something and you specialize in something and there's something that all you do every day is think about how to do it better, you're probably going to be better at it than somebody who's got lots of different things on their mind. And and so that's what we are. We've All we do is maintenance. A hiring and retaining and developing technicians is core to our business. And so we think about it every day on how to do better. And I think that, uh, I think we're probably better than most.
1: And uh, any, uh, you know, key pipelines that you find for, uh, uh, you know, finding that, uh, you know, there's those new technicians, uh, new employees as you look to, um, you know, either backfill positions or, or expand?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, so the nature of our work is we, we tend to have, uh, we don't have really large locations. We tend to have locations with a small number of technicians. And so we don't really have like the the grades where you've got A techs and B techs and maybe entry level technicians. Most of our techs are pretty experienced right out the gate. So, so certainly the technical schools are a great source for some fleets. It's not so much for ours because we're looking for technicians that are that are more experienced. Um, so we're more at the ground level. We're working at the the local hiring conferences to be able to try to find new sources of technicians.
1: That's really interesting. Now uh, before I let you go, Dan, you know I want to maybe uh, zoom out a little bit and. You know, kind of ask a crystal ball uh, question. You know, looking ahead to the future, uh, what are your thoughts on the future of fleet maintenance? You know, I, I, that's obviously a big conversation at a show like TMC. But you know, when when you just think about where we'll be a decade from now. What do you think commercial vehicle maintenance and repair work will, will look like at that
2: point? Yeah, well, we, we, could, we could talk about that for a long time. Um, but I'll, so I'll share a couple of thoughts, a couple of themes. So first of all, EV. EV is coming and is going to be here on the light duty side. I think, I think that, that's a pretty, I'm, I'm willing to put my, my name on that one. I think another thing is, is technology is gonna become even more important. So when we think about technology, we sort of think of it in, in three steps. So the first step is how do you know that something needs to be done on the vehicle? The second step is the work that's being done on the vehicle, and then the third step is uh, how do you think about the analytics after the work is done. So so how do you generate the demand, first of all? So we think about integrations with telematics, we think about DVIR. Um, I think there's going to be more work on scheduling and making that process easier. So so that intake of demand is something that I think technology is going to be supporting in, in working easier with the users. And then I think there's gonna be a big, big section on how we actually do the work ourselves. And if you think about the information that's coming off of these EV units in particular, more and more we're moving to a place when our technician arrives at a site to support that unit that technician will know what they need to do they will already have the parts available to do it they already have the tooling available to do it and so that that, that time it takes between diagnosing a problem and actually fixing the problem that time is going to get shorter as you get more and more information coming off of the vehicle and that's going to be a, that's going to be a big big drive towards uptime. And then the third area is after the work is done, both in terms of ensuring compliance, but then also just driving analytics and making better decisions. We think there's going to be a, a lot, a lot more there, and that that's going to loop back around predictive maintenance and thinking about um, how do we know that something's going to break before it breaks. So I think that that leveraging technology and finding ways to drive further efficiency into what we do and shorten downtime further, I think that's going to be a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's really fascinating. Of course, you know, it's been a, a number of years that we've seen you know, telematics really take hold in in the, you know, really all all types of vehicles, but, uh, and, you know, the truck manufacturers, of course, all have their own, you know, remote diagnostics uh, platforms. Uh, but then you kind of project that forward and, and start to think about, you know, some of those topics you're describing, you know, predictive uh, maintenance, you know, maybe prescriptive uh, uh, approaches to, you know, your maintenance needs. Uh, you just see more and more uh, sort of data-driven decision-making on the maintenance side in the, in the years ahead.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the situation we're in right now today is there's a lot of data that's available, and everyone's trying to figure out, what do we do with this data and how do we use it effectively and how do we focus on the 10% of the data that's useful and not get clogged with the 90% that's not, right? So that's where the focus is right now. The industry is going to figure that out. And once we figure that out, I think our ability to diagnose and repair is going to become even more efficient.
1: Well, Dan, this has been a great conversation, but uh, I think we've reached a a good stopping point right there. So uh, let's leave it there. Thank you again for joining us, Dan. Really appreciate you coming on and and sharing your insights. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it.
0: Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics.
1: As you've heard during this podcast, the emergence of electric-powered trucks has raised a lot of questions about the maintenance of these vehicles and how to integrate them into fleet operations. TMC's 2022 annual meeting in Orlando highlighted the complexity of that challenge, but also began to provide some answers as EVs begin to enter the market. It's clear that technicians who are accustomed to working on diesel trucks will need special training to perform maintenance work on battery electric trucks, which represent a whole new breed of commercial vehicle. Fortunately, truck makers and maintenance providers have been lining up to provide the necessary support that early adopters of these vehicles will need. Roadshow will be back soon to share more insights from future industry trade shows. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.